Welcome to the Rescue Church Podcast. Our desire is to see every person find a life full of freedom and purpose through Jesus. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Enjoy. Well, good morning. Good morning to you wherever you are and however you're watching this. Thank you so much for joining us for another Rescue at Home. It is an honor to be invited into your space. And it is crazy to think that around five months ago, uh, even before the pandemic struck uh, our church, right, Rescue Church, we were forced to go online a few weeks prior. And so it's been around five months of us doing this, our team working so diligently throughout the week to make this happen. Um, I would love for you guys to just show them some honor, show them some love right now in the comments, throw up some heart emojis, whatever it looks like for you, but just show our incredible team. Um, just give them a round of applause. Thank you guys so much for your hard work every single week. And while we are so thankful uh, that we are able to still worship together through this uh, experience, we're able to you know, look through God's words and lean into what he's speaking to us. Uh, it was never our intention to just offer something for you to watch, something for you to consume. Uh, we're not Netflix, right? We want to create an experience that you can participate in, something that you can still experience and engage with. And so that brings us to phase two of Rescue at Home. Back in May, we gave you what we thought was going to be our timeline. And uh, just removing the politics, if we can, let's just do that, please. Removing, this is, you know, the political statements here. The reality is that this uh, situation is evolving and it is constantly changing. And there is no possible way for us to make a decision that's going to make everybody happy. There is no possible way that we're going to make a decision that's going to make everybody content and comfortable. So I just want you to know uh, from your pastors and your leaders that we are first and foremost seeking God, the Holy Spirit, and what He wants us to do. We are continuing to honor our officials, to lean into medical professionals, to determine what is best for us. And with that being said, and based on the results of our survey from a few weeks ago, uh, we do have intentions by the end of this month to begin meeting in person together across our reach um, in homes, right? And so right now, if you go to rescuechurchnc.com slash host home, you'll find some information there. And if you're watching this today and you are just interested, right? Like I'm not asking you to commit but you're just interested in opening up your home or perhaps co-hosting uh, with another family, another person to open up your home, your space so that people can come in and worship together in person and continue to grow and be the church together. I would love for you to go to rescuechurchnc.com slash host home and fill out that form. And that will simply just sign you up for our interest meeting that is happening online on Zoom next Wednesday, July 16th at 7 p.m. This is an incredible opportunity for us to truly offer church and to be church no matter where you are, when you're meeting. Well, we want to be able to offer this wherever you're at and to be able to meet you and the people in your life wherever they are at as well. So we'd love for you to pray about that and to go to that website after the service and just Look around and see, if, see what the Lord, how, how he wants to involve you 
in all of this. In fact, that's, that's why we're in this series, Brick and Mortar. We know that by definition, brick and mortar typically refers to a, a company or organization having a physical building, right? A company that can have a, a face-to-face experience. But the reality is the brick and mortar of God's church has never been about a building. Have there been buildings and temples and gatherings? A hundred percent. Are we thankful for that? Yes. Am I looking forward to the day that we can all be together again under one roof, lifting up our hands, worshiping, being with one? Yes, a hundred percent. But the brick and mortar of God's church has never been about a building. It's always been about a people. And there's one thing that I've noticed and observed over these past four to five months is the minute that that Sunday morning service went away, not just church attenders and members, but its leaders as well, quickly felt like fish out of water. Like we didn't know what was going on. We couldn't breathe. We're gasping for air. Like this is it. We're going to die. My faith is, is, is withering away. I'm, I'm dead, right? We were fish out of water. But friends, like we can't be fish out of water. We can't depend so heavily on a Sunday morning service. You, you can't depend so much on a, a message brought for me that if that is removed, that your faith withers away, that you're gasping for air. We have to learn, grow, mature, right? We have to grow this way and learn to function as a church, even without a Sunday morning gathering. That's why it's important for us to understand the brick and mortar of God's church is not a building. It's not even a service. It's not even a system. It's his people. It's you and it's me. Just look at 1 Peter chapter 2. You know, we've really been focusing on verse 9, but I want to back it up just a few verses prior and show you this, that in verse 4, this is Peter talking to the believers, the church, saying, you, as you come to him, a living stone, talking about Jesus, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, verse 5, like living stones, he's talking about us now, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. That's that language we've been exploring a little bit during the series. To offer, to be a priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. It literally is referring to you and me, his church, his people, as living stones. And they're not talking about building a brick-and-mortar structure. They're talking about building a brick-and-mortar people, a people that will and that God's Spirit will inhabit. His, he will dwell within them. Not concrete, not brick people, skin, flesh and bones in our hearts, right? He will reside there. And once he does that, it will set us apart to be royal priests with the function, with the responsibility to offer spiritual sacrifices. Which brings us to verse 9. This has been the, you know, the verse that's been highlighted every week so far in this series. But you are a chosen race, you're set apart a royal priesthood. Remember, a priest is just someone that sets the table for other people to come and experience God. They set things up in order for others to find God. You are a holy 
nation. We talked about that two weeks ago. We are, we are sanctified. We are set apart because our God is set apart. We are unique. We are called to be unique, called to be other because our God is other and his ways are other, different than the world, different than culture. We are called to reflect that, to image that. We are a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. The fact that we were literally brought forth out of darkness and delivered into light. We, we experienced freedom. It's a great way to define freedom. I'd love for you to write this down. Jesus came so that we could be made free. No one would argue that. Like we, we would all ascribe that to Jesus. He came to make us free. But we must learn to walk in this freedom. And, and most of us would agree with that. We must learn to walk in the freedom. That's for me. That's for you know the things that I need freedom from. But it's not just for personal freedom and personal salvation right it's also so that we can share it with others so that others so we may bring others into a life full of freedom and purpose through jesus galatians 5 1 this is paul he says let me be clear the anointed one talking about jesus who was set us free not partially but fully a life full of freedom and purpose right not partially but completely and wonderfully free we must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. So foundationally, like at the most you know, simple level, freedom is for us when we were saved through Jesus, we were rescued by Jesus, we were set free from the consequences of sin. There was a bill, right? There was a bill to be paid. Uh, because of the sin and the mistakes and the shame in our life, Christ paid that with his own life. And the wages of sin that were death were now canceled. Our record set clean. We were transferred from literally from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. We were set free from death and brought into God's family. Just take a peek at John chapter 8 verse 36. So if the son sets you free from sin then just come on in. Stop, stop standing on the outside looking in. Come in. The door is open. There's a chair for you at his table. It says, if the son sets you free from sin, then become a true son, a true daughter. You don't have to worry if you belong. You don't have to worry if you fit in. You take on the name of God. You bear his name. You bear his image. You are saved, you are sanctified, you are rescued, brought into covenant, remember week one, and then you are set apart, you are unique, you are other. Come on, man, that, that's incredible. What an incredible thing that God our Father has done, what he has orchestrated for you and for me. And I think that's why it's so important that you and I understand that freedom, right, to move from darkness to light. Freedom isn't a destination, it's a person. And that person is Jesus. And one of the benefits of being in a relationship with Jesus is freedom. But we often stop 
at this, when we, we only uh, associate freedom with things that we need in our individual lives. So I need freedom from this addiction. I, I need freedom from this moment of pain, this trauma in my life. And while this is important, 100%, we must understand that in order for us to be a royal priesthood, to function in this way, we must accept that freedom isn't just for me, but for others. And this is about God bringing together a people, bringing together a family. And if I asked you, if we were on the set of Family Feud playing a, a friendly game and, and Steve Harvey was here and he's hosting this, right? And, and the question for you, right, for your team was what is the number one answer that divides families, that, that creates conflict, that, that breaks apart and, and strains relationships and families? I believe survey would say unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. And I would go out on a limb and say that for the majority of people watching this here today, it is unforgiveness that is hindering you from fully embracing and walking in and experiencing the fullness of freedom in Jesus. Perhaps it's that you can't forgive yourself for some of the choices that you've made, for some of the things that you've done. Perhaps it's you can't believe that Jesus would forgive you so you can't fully embrace the Father's love, grace in its essence. Perhaps it's that you refuse to forgive other people. It is unforgiveness that breaks apart families. It's unforgiveness that stands in the way of freedom. And I know what you're thinking. I get it. Thinking about your life and the things that you've been through and the things that you've experienced, it's a journey you don't want to go on. We, don't, we often don't like the self-evaluating, the, the self-discovery conversations, right? Like just picture this giant file cabinet and just opening each shelf and just seeing these lines of files that we need to go through. Like I get it. That's not a, that's not a fun conversation. That's not something that we're usually going to jump up and sign up for immediately. To comprehend how a, a, a supernatural, all-knowing, all-powerful being could love me to the point that he would send his own son he could truly forgive me and accept me as is, right? I get that that's difficult. I get that that would be hard to process, especially if, if you've struggled to find some similarities of that acceptance and love in the people around you, especially the people that you thought were supposed to love you that way. I get it. I'm not trying to pretend or ignore that that isn't a real struggle a real point of pain. And I understand that there are certain things that have happened to you that you've been carrying around for, for months, for years. It has completely derailed your life. I, I get that. I, I get that we've had shipwreck moments. But what if I told you that you could survive the shipwreck? What if I told you is that this wasn't the end and you weren't going to be left alone to drift and die and drown but there was hope that there was rescue, that there was freedom. 
If your response back to me was, do I really have to forgive this person? They don't, they don't even know the magnitude of what they've done to me. They don't know the trauma. Do I really have to? They've never even told me they were sorry. Perhaps they're not even alive anymore. They're no longer in your life. Do I really have to forgive this person? Do I really have to let these things go? Do I really have to forgive myself? Do I really have to accept that God on his throne in heaven would and did push all of that away to come after me and find me. Yes. Yes, because the question that I would ask you is how free do you want to be? Do you want the chains and the shackles off? Do you want to actually walk out of the door of the prison or just know that it's unlocked? Like How free do you want to be? How much love and joy and passion do you want to experience in your life? How free do you want to be? And even just looking back to how Christ told us to pray, right? In Matthew 6, in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we are forgiving those who have sinned against us. Simply, we forgive. Remember, we're other because God is other. His ways are other. When we were, uh, when we were at, at war with God, when we were an enemy of God, a foe of God, he still sent Jesus. Christ loved us while we were still yet sinners, right? So because Christ has forgiven, because Christ has demonstrated this, we too, because we are other, right? We're set apart. We're holy now. We should forgive just as Christ forgave. And when we withhold that, we open the door for some very unhealthy, difficult things to take root and to grow up and take residence in our life. Forgiveness must be part of our rhythm, part of our lifestyle. Just take right now in our, our current climate, right? Uh, political uh, social, like everything around us is, is, it feels like it's about to just explode at any moment. Like sometimes I envy people that are not in the United States because I would love to just be on the outside looking in, watching all of this take place, but we're in it, man. And it is, it is toe up from the flow up in so many different ways. And you know where a lot of this is coming from? Honestly, it's the media. It is. Look at everything, no matter what it is. I'm not picking a political side. I'm talking about Fox News and CNN and Twitter and Facebook and wherever you consume news, right? There is an agenda. There is a message attached to it. And that message is pick a side. That message is division. That message is hate. And friends, that's why we cannot be discipled by Fox News and CNN. Like, I'm not getting my theology based off what this news anchor is telling me. And that's why it is so important that we come around, stop me if you've heard me before, that we come around the table, that we come around the Lord's table where we are all equal, where we are all part of God's family, and where forgiveness is a foundational component, where it must happen, where the conversations are not 
uh, hidden and ran away from, but they are encouraged and they are healthy and they are wholesome and they, they bring change and they bring healing and they bring understanding. Just think about the language of 2 Peter, those verses that we just read. We are sanctified. We are called to be holy, to be unique, to be different. Just go read 1 Peter 1.16. This is about imaging God. And as God, through Jesus, has demonstrated forgiveness, we too should demonstrate forgiveness. But I'm about to set you free on a whole nother level, okay? Because everybody, everybody watching this, whether you still have one, you rocked one back in middle school, you at least knew about it, and that's the WWJD bracelets. I ain't gonna lie, I still have a green one in my drawer somewhere. I should have should have found it so I could have wore it today. But uh, the WWJD bracelet, and, and here's what this, I think, innately taught us is that, well, what would Jesus do, so how would Jesus behave? And then we tried to behave like Jesus. And, and here's where I'm, I'm hoping to set you free. Uh, you're, you're never going to behave like Jesus. That's why he's Jesus and we're not. So it, forgiveness isn't about my behavior. Freedom isn't even really about my behavior. But it is a demonstration. It is a choice. Right? And this is a way, as you talk about being a royal priesthood, what do priests do? They create sacred spaces for people to experience God. This is a way for us to create sacred space. Forgiveness is foreign to anyone outside of the kingdom of God. Everything around us in culture is, is talking about looking out for you and stepping on, on and over whoever you need to to improve yourself and improve your situation. And the minute you start fearing other people, you take your eyes off of God's kingdom and you put it on your kingdom. And tell me whose kingdom's greater. We wouldn't argue that, but we certainly don't live our life that way. Because we have focused down on ourselves. We have made it about ourselves. This is a way for us to create a sacred space. In other words, this is a way for us to be different. Just as God is different. None of, nothing about God loving us and saving us multiple times makes sense. Because of who he is. God is love. He is set apart. That's his nature. We are called to image that. So in other words, here's what I want to say to you. I said it this way. Um, and that is choices lead, feelings follow. Let me say it a different way. And husbands and wives, you should write this down. You don't have to feel it to practice it. Like, I don't feel like doing this, but I'm going to do it because I know the end result. I know how it will make you feel. I know that I may not want to do this, but I know that when I do it, it makes you feel loved. It makes you see, be seen. It makes you feel heard, right? We don't have to feel it to practice it. Choices lead, feelings follow. There's a lot of talk about leadership in the church, and there should be. But one of the best ways that you can be a leader one of the best ways that you can be like Jesus, WWJD, is to forgive. And that's what we are called to do. You may have heard that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and then waiting for the other person to get sick and die. When we withhold that, that unforgiveness quickly turns to bitterness. And those 
roots of bitterness aren't growing deep into someone else. They are growing deep into us and they are smothering and withering everything out. But if that's true, if unforgiveness is like poison, expecting the other person to die, then the counter to that is true that forgiveness is like the medicine that brings us healing and it brings us freedom. And so while, yes, it is important to forgive your brother and forgive your sister and forgive the things that have happened to you and to forgive, yes, you need to understand that, that this is primarily for you and to remove that barrier that's hindering you from experiencing the fullness of freedom and life in Jesus. That is why I get it. I'm this, I'm this way. You always kind of feel like you have to be the bigger person. You have to be the one to bite your lip. You have to be the one to stay civil, right? And there's a reason for this. Why do you have to always be the bigger person? Why do you always have to be the one to say you're sorry? It's because it is for you. And I've struggled. Listen, I've struggled with forgiveness. Even after the person says, I'm sorry, or I say that I forgive them. If I'm honest, I still hold on to things sometimes and I don't want to let go. And I, and I would wager that you're the same way. It's hard to let go. Well, back when COVID hit, I decided that I was not going to gain weight. In fact, me and some pastor buddies uh, started doing Corona cut. And the goal was not really to lose weight, but it was to just not gain weight. But every week when we weighed in, that was the new ceiling, right? And so we couldn't be higher than that or we had to pay in. And so I decided that I was, I was doing this and I was going to lose weight. Started working out, changing my diet, not nearly as, as much as I should, but considering that we've all been stuck in the house for five months, pretty good. Working out all the time and I'm getting back into some weights and doing different things. And I realized that after a few weeks, man, I have like this just sharp pain all through my elbow, up through my, my, my shoulder, it was just on my left arm, um, almost to the point there were some mornings I would wake up and like the kids would want a bowl of cereal and I couldn't even pick the bowl up out of the counter. Like that's how much pain I was in. I was like, if I, what is this like tendonitis? Is this arthritis? Like I'm falling apart I need to go get a new arm, like winter soldier, this thing, like what is going on, right? I need to go to the doctor. And uh, just from like messing around and kind of looking at stuff online, just trying to figure out what I could do, I went and bought a compression sleeve. I was, man, I was feeling old, putting like some icy hot stuff on my elbow, like just trying to get rid of the pain. Like, did I just strain a muscle? Like, what was going on? And it was actually another pastor. Uh, you guys may know him, Stephen Furtick, pastor of Elevation Church, shared this Instagram live video and started talking about the same exact pain. And I was like, bro, like, I was with boys like that. I was like, bro, like, like Ferdy, bro, like my elbow's on fire. Like, help me. And so he's just talking and sharing. And he was like, it's not that I couldn't lift the weight. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not doing anything too crazy. Just trying to maintain and, you know, just get some definition, just working. You know, it's not that I couldn't handle the weight. It's not that I couldn't carry it or lift it. It's because I was holding on too tight. And I was just like. That's why you're who you are, Stephen Furtick. Like, that's really good. And, but it was so true. And I'm like, man, it's not that I can't carry the weight. It's not that I don't, I don't have the ability to lift it. I'm just holding it way too tight. And when I would let go, the tension in my arm would go away. And now I'm not having any problems. There are things in your life. It's not that you're not capable of enduring it 
and handling it, even though you may feel that way and Satan has made you believe lies, that you're not built to carry this, you are. Maybe you're just holding on to things too tight. Maybe you just need to let it go. You'll find that when you let it go, when you let, you give control, is when you actually find relief. You actually find freedom. That's another great just example with lifting weights. You, can, you can't grow beyond yourself. You have to have someone with you, a partner, because there's going to be weight that you can lift that you need to max out on, right, to, to grow and, and just the whole science of your muscles and breaking it down and building it back up. So at some point, you're going to lift a weight or your muscles are going to be at such a point of breakdown that someone's going to have to catch that weight for you and lift it up. And when you give control, you finish your reps, you break your muscles down, you feed them, they grow back, they're bigger, stronger. That's a great example because we can't outgrow ourselves. We must have other people around us. That's why we look at James 5, 16, in which says, when you confess your sins, not just up into the air, not just to myself in the mirror, but to one another, the Bible says this promise is attached to this. When you confess your sins to one another, you will find healing. And there's unforgiveness in your life that you have treated, you, you, have, you have kept it dormant, locked up down in the basement with all the padlocks and chains. But people, people know it. They can see it rumbling. They, walk, they get around you and something's off. They're like, what was that? And you're saying things and you're doing things. You don't even know where it's coming from. It's from the things that you've buried and tried to hide. But you cannot heal from something that you won't name. You cannot forgive something that you won't name. And you cannot do it until you let go. You cannot do it alone. And that is why freedom is designed to come to us through other people. Yes, we find our, our salvation, right? Our souls are saved through Jesus and our faith in Jesus and Jesus alone, yes. But make no mistake about it. God has designed it, freedom for our hearts, right, for our lives to come to us through other people. And that road that we take, that journey that we take is called reconciliation. In Colossians, we find out that God not only reconciled, he not, he not only brought us back into our right relationship with himself, but also one another. That goes back to the very beginning of this sermon. Freedom isn't just for me. It's for everyone. It's for others. It's for family. God brought back not just us to himself, but he brought all of his kids back around the table. And we need one another. Brooke, and, Brooke has been making elderberry syrup now, uh, which is just a great kind of just proactive supplement that you can take uh, to boost your immune system. That's why every year around flu season, Brooke is just like, just killing it, you know, tons of, of batches and we're taking it every morning. During COVID, we've been taking it as well. And so uh, she pretty much orders everything, has it shipped to the house and then she makes it. And we've been exploring about what it would look like for us to eventually maybe, you know, plant and, and harvest our own elderberries here in North Carolina and potentially partner with a local beekeeper and, and getting some local honey and just really kind of just keeping it local, keeping it organic here 
um, and just, you know, going and seeing, seeing where it goes. And so as I was researching this and researching, you know, what I need to do to be able to um, maintain and grow an elderberry plant, I found it interesting that uh, I could get one particular kind of plant, say an American elderberry, and I could plant it and it could keep it, you know, uh, nourished and it could water it and it could grow and it would bloom flowers. The flowers are beautiful, but it wouldn't actually produce fruit unless it was planted alongside another type of elderberry plant. They had to cross pollinate. So you got to have bees to help with that, obviously. Um, and you've got to have someone that's a little bit different with them in proximity together to produce what it was they were created to do. You can only grow so much by yourself. And just like certain plants require that you plant with a different breed or different strand to produce the fruit, we too need one another to find and experience the fullness of the freedom that God has for us. C.S. Lewis, uh, who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, among some other and just incredible literature, once said that only another friend could call a man up into all he was created to be. Or only a friend, a good friend, could call a woman up into all that she was created to be. And he simply was trying to say there are things that we can't see for ourselves, good and bad, that we need a friend in our life who, who loves us but is not impressed by us, right? That can call us up and into all that God has for us. That's why you see so many one another's in the Bible. That's why the, the meta-narrative of the of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation is all about God's people coming together around the table with one another, serving one another, loving on one another, guiding one another, fellowship, community. It's why in James it says that when you confess your sins to one another, you will find healing. It's why the gifts of the Spirit were intended to operate in community. It was never about, look at me, make me famous, put me on TV, look at what I can do. It was about us. Look at how we can reflect the glory of God together as a body, as a unit, as a family, different, different ethnicities, different backgrounds, different passions, different talents, different, different values, different philosophies of thinking, but we can all come together around the table. We can all come together as a family and reflect the God who created us. Freedom. Freedom is found in forgiveness. Freedom is not a destination. It is Jesus. And through Jesus, we find the life that he's created for us. And we understand and we come to experience and see and accept the grace that he has for us through other people. And that's why I really believe one of the worst things that you could do during this time of distancing, and again, we've been at it for four to five months now. And I know some of you are out with masks and you're out without masks and you're at home and you refuse to go somewhere and, and you're at home and you can't wait to go somewhere. Like we're all over the place. I get that. But one of the worst things that you could do is to believe the lie that we can actually live without one another, that we could actually survive without each other. And so that's why I, I really want to 
bring this teaching to you, but I want to give you some clear next steps to take, some resources that I really believe will help you tear down that barrier and embrace and experience the fullness of freedom that God has for you. The first thing is co-ops. We've been running co-ops for about three months now, a men's co-op and a women's co-op that have been meeting off weeks, offsetting each week, gathering together remotely, going through different studies, different books, incredible, engaging conversations that are that are challenging, but are, are so helpful. And they have just been some tremendous stories. In fact, I hope to share some of these stories with you over the next few weeks. Now, currently, we are taking a pause through July just to give everybody a chance to catch their breath, kind of reset. Come August, we're going to kind of just reopen those again and relaunch that, continue some of the conversations we've been having. So this is a great time for you to sign up for that. You can, uh, everything I'm about to tell you, you're going to be able to go to rescuechurchnc.com. So the links will be below. So I don't want to keep repeating it, rescuechurchnc.com. You can sign up for a co-op right now um, and just be a part of that community. That's a great step to take to find brothers and sisters and fellowship and community with other people that can call you up and into all that God has for you. The second thing, we talked a lot about freedom, and I know that it's easier said than done. I know that to truly get over and let go and heal and forgive some of these things that you've probably been carrying around for way too long, holding it way too tight, I get that it's easier said than done. And that's why I want to offer you a, a specific tool, or a great resource to help guide you and walk you through how to experience the freedom that we've talked about here today. And Pastor Jimmy Evans is a faithful leader and pastor in the church. He's been going at it for some 30, 40 years. Some of the best marriage teaching that you'll ever get, you can get from Pastor Jimmy Evans and his wife. But he has uh, put together a course that's online um, that we want to offer you today to be able to go through. It's 21 days. It's packed full of video teaching, questions to walk through, um, and it's, I think it's like $25. It's super inexpensive. And so again, rescuechurchnc.com, you'll see it uh, uh, right there when you land on the homepage. You'll see it. And I'm telling you, like we invest in so much. Think about the house you're in. Think about the car you're driving. Think about the things that you own. Like you've invested money. You've invested time into these things. But this is your soul we're talking about. Like this is like your life, your heart. What would it look like if your heart was fully alive and vibrant, right? I'm telling you that this is a great way. This is a great investment for you to make. Um, and, and I'll say this. If, if you go there and you finances is why you can't do it, that is not an answer. All you have to do is email us at info at rescuechurchnc.com and we will help you with this. That's how much I believe in it. And that's how much I want to make sure you get what you need. Um, so make sure you do that. And then the very last thing, I just want to, I want to bring us back to uh, the host home, rescue at home phase two. If you are interested in hosting or co-hosting a home, or you're just ready to sign up and be a part of a home, then you guessed it. Go to rescuechurchnc.com slash host home, and you can fill out both an interest form to be a leader, and you can go ahead and sign up saying, I want to be in a home. And once you've done that, we will contact you in the next few weeks and say, hey, here's a home or here's two, three homes that are within like your demographic of where you live. Uh, be a great option for you. Okay. 
And so go ahead and do that so we can start getting those squared away because our goal is by the end of the month uh, to have those homes up and ready. But I'm telling you, there are some incredible steps for you to take here today. But whether it's that first step towards Jesus or it's that next step with him. And, and right now, right now, for all of you watching, right now there's a prayer being posted in the comments that will guide you in accepting Jesus as your Savior. It's the best decision you'll make today. It's the best decision you'll make in your life to accept salvation and forgiveness through Jesus, to make him your Lord and Savior, to take a step towards him and then begins the journey with him and with his people. So check out those resources. Um, if you have any questions, email us at info at rescuechurchnc.com. And now I want to invite us to continue our service today. Our worship band has an incredible set for you. So why don't we just pray and then let's continue to worship the Lord today. Jesus, you are so good. And I'm so thankful that you make yourself known, that you are relatable, that you are personal. And God, I pray that if there's anybody watching this here today and they can't say that they know you personally and they, they can't say that they have a relationship with you, today is their day. Today is the day of salvation. And God, I pray that they would take that step towards you, that they would make this confession. They would confess you as Lord and Savior. They would confess it with their mouth and they would believe it in their heart. Thank you so much for that. God, I know that there's people watching this right now that they have been carrying around unforgiveness and bitterness for far too long. They've got aches and cramps and hurts and pains from holding on so tightly. They've got, they've got outbursts and, and just doing things and saying things that are not of them because they've got so much of this you know, buried deep down within them. They're trying to hide it, trying to conceal it. But today, that breaks. Today, in the name of Jesus, there is freedom. The Bible says that wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So God, I pray that no matter where they're watching from today, in their home, in their living room, in their bedroom, in their car, in a coffee shop, no matter where your word is being heard today, God, that they would feel and experience and acknowledge your presence right now and there would be freedom freedom from bondage freedom from shame freedom from anger and bitterness and resentment and in its place would be grace it would be healing god it would be freedom they would be brought forth out of darkness into light the things that they've been that have been hidden and they've, they've tried to conceal for months, for years, it would be cast out. It would be removed and they would have an area in their life that has been in shadows would now be vibrant with colors and with life and with fullness. Let it be done in your name. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity to be with our friends and family, to open up your word and to now stand and sing and worship you. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. We love you guys, and I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. Join us each week here on the pod or live in Durham. Keep up with us by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Rescue Church NC.